All right, we're back. Uh, episode, we don't know what episode it is. <laughs> whatever, episode, whatever episode you want to call it. I keep saying that. I'm just going to quit it. You know, we're back for Cutler Cast. But, uh, yeah, so I wanted to do this. Uh, we came in the office today, and we were talking about this because we have a travel weekend coming up for the Bev Francis event this weekend. Are you excited? You know what? I always get excited for this because it's kind of a kickoff of, uh, you know, my East Coast events. And, you know, April is a crazy month for me because I promote two events here in Vegas uh, is going to be April 8th, and then uh, April 29th is the Boston event. I didn't realize you got two this month, and in the middle yeah. is FIBO. So there's a Europe trip in the yeah, middle. Yeah, so yeah, in April is a double Cutler. It's actually both Jay Cutler Classics. One's in Vegas, one's in Mass. And then we go to FIBO. There was something else that came up, though. I think someone else inquired about like the weekend after... FIBO. FIBO. The world's strongest, world strongest man's okay. week after, so I got to go to... That's during the week or is it a weekend? It, it starts on like a Tuesday, and it starts on a Tuesday, and it goes through the weekend, but they have like prelims the first three days, and then the finals are like uh, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. But I will be in Germany with you that will leave like Wednesday, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then I go to Italy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then I fly home for one day change stuff and then i fly to uh, myrtle beach south carolina yeah it's a crazy schedule but that you just announced we're going to be at fibo so i will yeah. be attending fibo actually for um the fibo power event uh they will be you know having meet and greets and mm-hmm. uh, i think a couple seminars and we always get excited to go over to fibo it's already i hit up sasha for the gym and everything because mm-hmm. we go and train and everything and like with the time change that's the crazy thing about our travel is that you know, we seem to always find time to go to the gym, no matter what, you know, our, like, what kind of thing we're, we're going, what's going on. I know our travel schedule is going to be super tough, right? But, you know, we've been trying to plan the flights over there, and we, we try to land with enough time that we can kind of get our feet on the ground a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And then it, that's a crazy expo because it's like three or four days, I think it's actually a four-day event. I think the first day is like the gym equipment stuff or yeah, some via buyers or yeah. something, and then there's three days. And then but. it's three days, but it's like the fans look forward to it. And I know like Jeremy's suffered a lot with the COVID, the COVID lockdowns. Germany, yeah. Germany, the last couple times we went over to Europe, they still had restrictions because we flew there when we went to the UK, and we had to wear masks yeah, still. This was only four months, months ago. ago. Yeah, We still had to wear masks because of the flight went through yeah. Germany. So, and, and going to FIBOs, I th- I've always thought was, it's just different because people that have never been to these expos overseas, like they see the Olympia or how big it is, or they see how big uh, the LA Fit Expo is, or the Arnold's huge, but it's dude, seven FIBO's halls. like seven halls. FIBO's yeah. like five times the size of all yeah. of them. I think it's seven different buildings, and you know? Some of them are two stories. Yeah. So it's, it's a crazy, crazy turnout. Um, you know, we have a lot of good memories there. You know, we've gone from, I mean, I went for my first one in 99. I remember going there for Gold's Gym and like, I didn't speak, like, I didn't know anything. And they were, I got on a, a tr- like a, like a subway or something. And I, they were like, I didn't know when to get off because it kept saying in German, like, uh-huh. and I was like, is this my stop? And I was asking people, no one spoke English back then. It was like, wasn't, uh as common of a language and of course you know i went there for gold's gym it was huge the experience and then i went for all the brands over the years and if you remember some of the old 
footage of the guys guest posing, you know, Yates and Victor Richards and that all those famous, guys. That famous guest posing with Victor Richards was made Dorian Yates look like a little kid. It was, you know, they, those guys used to go and, I mean, they used to sell stacks of 8 by 10s over there. People uh-huh. used to make a fortune. Uh, today, it's, you know, obviously it's expanded and it's, you know, more uh, of a health and wellness expo. It's not just strictly bodybuilding, yeah. but... A lot of our people are going back there, which is great. And I mean, I'm fortunate to be able to like work with them and be able to go back. I enjoy going actually. I I keep thinking every time I think of Fibo that last time when we got stuck yeah, yeah. in that same Uber twice with the guy that couldn't speak English and he dropped us off in some BS yeah, alley. Yeah, we, we were trying. We were just trying. No, we were trying to find a restaurant to eat, and uh, <laughs> you know. But you mentioned you know that busy schedule, and you know we talked about this event this weekend we're going to bev's event it's a free event so it's unlimited how long you been doing attendance this well it's funny how this started okay this started as i remember like you know steve and i obviously had a relationship because he was the head judge and he had me guest pose every year at the bev francis show he'd bring out me and coleman to guest pose so we'd kind of go head to head and that was our that was truly our last appearance before we did the olympia so it was always you beginning of June. You came there. to see me, yes. I came when when you yeah. jumped on Ronnie's back. Yeah. I was so, at that so, guest posing. So the, yeah, with me piggybacking <laughs> yeah, like, with yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. So you know we would we would do the Mannion show uh, Pittsburgh in May, and then I would do the Lonnie Teep. I mean, you know what, Lonnie Teeper might have been the last one actually yeah. in California, but that was our last like real travel. That was with you and him together, though. Yes, you did Lonnie's yes. by yourself. What well, he came one year to Lonnie's, but. Uh, that was like the last showdown of us prior to us going into full prep. And, you know, it started like that relationship. And then obviously Steve was a head judge. So I'd go to him for advices and everything else, but we became friendly and I was traveling back and forth. You know, I'd go out, you know, East to see my family and I would spend some birthdays with Steve. His birthday was in December every year. So we actually, we started this. I said, you know, why don't we do like a meet and greet at your, at your gym? You know, everyone wants to come out to the Mecca, East Coast Mecca, and we decided to start this whole Jay Cutler meet and greet thing. And eventually, you know, as I, you know, we started doing these workshops, it turned into now these NPC workshops, which now you see are popping up everywhere where they bring in some figure people and they like coach people or kind of give instruction. This is what this division is going to do. And now with so many, back back then it was only men's and women's bodybuilding, right? So now, of course, you know, you bring in a physique. You know, we have Sadiqa there. We have Sean Carita for the 212. You know, and Rish then, Yeah, Rish is going for wellness. And I know some people have, from Florida are coming up, uh, some bikini girls. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's always a great um, kickoff of the season. And you went last year. I think it snowed last year, actually. This year, I just checked. The, it's so funny. I checked the weather this morning, and I'm like, I pray because I'm actually going to I'm going to hang out on the East Coast. My mom doesn't watch this podcast, but I'm actually surprising my mom, who turns 82 in I'm March. Send this tour. Yeah, she doesn't <laughs> watch the podcast, but I'm going to going and surprising her. So I'm flying over Saturday evening over to Mass, and I'm going to go visit my mom for a couple of days, see my brothers, and kind of check out. And you know, I'm kind of iffy about going on the East Coast in the winter time. I mean, the reason I move west. Uh, just because of the weather, yeah, you, you know what? I just I'm just realizing this. You never go in the summer. You go October. The weather's usually not good. I go April. It's usually not good. Well, we <laughs> talked. Do you remember we talked about this? And and I said, you know, I'm going all the way to New York, and obviously Angie's coming. Yeah. The dogs. And I'm like, maybe I should pop over to Mass. I didn't go for I told Christmas you, yeah. or or Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're like, dude, you should go. Like, yeah. you don't go enough. And 
I I told my whole family I'll be over when it's when it's a little more convenient. And obviously, we talk about like the travel and how busy the airports are. So I didn't want to go during that time. So uh, I took this opportunity to kind of pop over when I didn't have a lot going on. So how many years is this now that you've been doing this with Steve? I've lost count to be honest. It's over ten years, right? I don't know if it's been ten, not the workshop over for the appearance, yes, yes. but. Not uh like you've been you've been going the first February for a, as far back as I can yeah. for a long time, and it's all it was just an appearance before, and now it's, it was just an appearance, and now it's turned into this whole big workshop. And how many people you think would show up there? Over five hundred for sure. Yeah, because that back room is packed, but the whole gym is just packed. And if and I don't know if I'm speaking, I think Steve, it's like an open gym day, right? No, he charges to come in and train, I to think. Train. Okay, I'm not sure the, the But details. it's the event is it's free, so busy, I believe, though. yeah. Yeah, the event's free, so you can get some free, inf- good information. And it's just, like, the last year we went, we went in the day before, we went and trained. And this is what I always say to about a good business owner. Steve has one of the most popular gyms in the world, and you and I are training there. He goes out of his way to come down and say, hey, guys, what do you think of the gym? What can I do to make it better? Mm-hmm. I never, got, I'll never forget You that. know, he's got a lot of new equipment in there and yeah. some of the relationships that you have. Yeah. I mean, do, you know what it is, though? It's like so many people have successful businesses mm-hmm. and they think, I'm doing good. I'm going to leave it alone. He doesn't have to make it better. It's a, it's a staple. It's an iconic yeah. gym. But he's still saying, how can I make it even he better? He wants his name of the, the Bev Francis gym to be the number one gym in the country. And that's why he's constantly and trying just to just think update. of this right now. Make an argument that it's not. Well, you know, we we have these two meccas, right, which mm-hmm. use the word mecca. I, I know other gyms do, but yeah. you talked about the east meccas. and the west, yes. right? And, you know, the next big gym comes along. We always travel and we say, oh, we train. You know, we train to oxygen around yeah. the world. and All over the world. And uh, you wonder, like, okay, you look at a gym and you say, why do you go to a gym? Okay. Is it the culture? Is it the location? Is it the gym equipment? I mean, for me personally, Steve's, it's the equipment. Steve checks off, Everything. like it's the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, the, obviously the location where it is. You know, people fly in there. They they visit. He's got everything. Sports shop. He's got everything there, right? Yep. But more importantly, he pays attention to the equipment that's there. Yep. Some old school stuff, new new age stuff. Uh, He's usually there, so like his presence is really, really solid for people, especially the competitors that go in there. Because listen, who wouldn't want to have Steve take a look at him and say, "Hey, you're working on this or that?" He's the biggest show promoter. I mean, he's partnered with me on those shows. Have up there, but he he's the chairperson. I mean, both twenty plus. Yeah, so I mean, he holds every event there. So anyone that goes to any kind of a NPC or IFBB related event in that region, they have some sort of contact. And in, and in with my Steve. opinion, outside of the Arnold and the Olympia, he has he, the most prestigious yes, show. Let's, next. let's talk. Yeah, so we talk about the shows, okay? Yeah. And the Olympia is obviously the biggest title, right? Arnold Classic we have coming up. Okay, we don't have our schedule yet. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, we are going to be present there um, coming up the first week of March. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Everyone kind of picks about like what the biggest contest is, but damn, the Arnold this year is almost as much prize money for the men's open as the Mr. Olympia. And if you remember back when I did it, 
Remember, the Olympia was 100 or 110. 110 or 115, yeah. And the Arnold was paying 100. It, I think it was only 10 grand more. And then once the Arnold started giving out the H2 Hummers, the Olympia started adding the Escalade. Escalade, yep. For one or two years. Right? Yes. And then obviously the money's bumped up and the Arnold money bumped up to 130. It's been 130 until recently it bumped up two to two. Two years ago to two, and now it's at three. And now it's at 300. And they're not going backwards, right? I have a feeling they're going to bump it up even more. I just really? have this feeling. Yeah, man, because because it's... it's For other divisions or the men's open? I, I, don't, I, I don't have any inside information or anything, but if I remember right, and I could be completely off on this, didn't Arnold not take the prize money higher out of respect for Joe Weider? I don't know. I, I always thought that it couldn't overrule the Olympia. That but, was but, my but, thought. But remember... Back, but I don't think that's the truth. I think back then, Joe wouldn't allow it to. Probably Because not. he owned the Olympia, and but now... Who's to say it couldn't if he wanted? Probably not. I mean, probably it's... it's I, I don't know if that's a rule. I guess it's... Remember, it's about how much sponsorship comes in, how much recognition. I mean, obviously with Arnold's names, he has a lot of... Yeah. A lot of influence, right? And, and you know, and, and I'm not... I don't mean to put you on the spot, but think of the shows you've won. You won four Olympias and you've won three Arnolds. Yeah. You can see the Arnold trophies. Yeah, you can see them right back here. And... I know being Mr. Olympia is the ultimate goal, but just explain what that was like the first time you won an Arnold and you looked over and you saw Arnold because he was younger then. No, his kids. Walking I mean, across. Maria Shriver. Give, like, what went, do you remember that moment? Yeah, what yeah. happened? I mean, it was just like I said, it's, it's always an honor to be there. But remember, I hadn't won an Olympia title yet. So this was the biggest title. I already won the Night of Champions, which is now New York Pro. Mm -hmm. So you kind of take a stepping stone forward. And this was just, okay, this is another check on that list right mm -hmm. now i didn't realize at that point because i literally thought you know i had just got second at the olympia very controversial won the arnold within a four month span i thought i was well on the way to winning olympia next go around right you know i sat out 02 came back in 03 and i totally thought i was going to win the contest uh and i didn't realize it was going to be delayed a few years before i actually won that title so that arnold every year meant so much to me but yes arnold was a huge reason people attended the show and and the name was so large but at the same time like i was looking at the stepping stone of like to mount olympus with or building the legacy in bodybuilding and i think that if I just won four Mr. Olympias, I don't and no Arnold's, would my name be what it is? Oh. Because I had that hype so much because time and time again I defended a title or positioning. And I think about it, I went to the Arnold every year and won. And I went to the Olympia and got second. Then I'd go to the Arnold and win and go to the Olympia and get second. So I, I had this one two position for quite some time and, and I I had to deal with a lot of hype and that's one thing with this show, like you know, we're falling into, you know, four weeks out from the Arnold now coming this weekend. And I listened to, well, so-and-so is going to win. I mean, we talk about it on this podcast. I mean, yeah. I saw Andrew. Andrew's here training right now. And, I mean, we saw him train the other day. I got to sit and witness that. And we got to film a little bit of it. But that was awesome to see. But, like, that's a big question mark is, like, as much as I see Nick Walker on a daily basis and I sit on this podcast, I feel Nick's going to win we don't really know, right, until the day yeah. of. But there's there's a lot of names in there. You know, a Bonnick who's been there and won before, and there's Big more Rami. Name, there's more and name in this. Samson's out front run. Like, Clarita. Like, I, and I, I don't want to disregard any, but I'm just talking just off the top of my of mind. 
uh, where every year, like it was me and Cormier, like we finished first and second. So it was kind of like you kind of knew who the competition. There wasn't any new faces coming into that show. Like, oh, this guy's going to come win it. Like it was like me, Cormier, Dexter, like that mix, right? And then eventually, you know, Kai Green and Phil came up through that rank, mm -hmm. which I was done competing by that point. And Ronnie Coleman never touched it again after he almost lost there. Like, you know, the Olympia, the year, you know, I almost oh, beat him, right? Oh, one. So you just didn't have as much, like I mentioned, bodybuilding's in a very unique time right now. And, but that time, the problem with bodybuilding today we don't realize how cool last year and this year are because we had so many new bodies, exciting bodies, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. But, dude, we know after one or two more years, like these guys we're all talking about are going to kind of They're fall into in. place. It'll, it'll settle in. And you're either going to say, well, he can't get it right or he can. or It's like the Cedric effect, right? Cedric, we always thought, oh, he was going to be the next level, take it to the next level, and we – it went back and forth. I mean, we saw it with Dennis Wolf, right? He rose up, and then, you know, he kind of just never really crossed over a certain line. Phil Heath, we saw kind of dominate. And Kai Green, we got excited about, too, because here is an Arnold Classic winner. Go to the Olympia. He was second. I mean, he's held position also back and forth with Phil. But we haven't seen this many exciting faces because we don't know much about Andrew Jack. We don't know much about Samson. Right, we don't know a lot about those guys. Nick Walker's still kind of like a new still face. New. Yeah, been, I, you know, I'm going to say this, and, and some people might think this is controversial. How is this not the most competitive, unique show ever? I mean, I, think when it. I saw Nick the other day in the gym, I said to he said, you know, this is not a bad Arnold. No, <laughs> like this thing, we might have had eight guys originally register and fall back to six, but now that dude, the just think of the this. six faces that our people are focusing on think or of this. seven think of this is why i say show me a more unique competitive show ever not just arnold you have nick who's won an arnold classic mm -hmm. bonnick has won two rami's won two olympias sean clarita's won two two twelve and olympias. arnold and he's won an arnold to rami overseas Ron, rami's won yeah, two brazil, overseas right? brazil yeah. okay. and spain okay but kamal has won an olympia in yeah. in his his division clarita clarita's won two he's olympias current, yeah so when you and now you got Andrew Jack and Samson, who are these anomalies that we all know if they pull it together, it's a hypothetical. Who knows where they could? But where you they got could you fall. got Patrick Moore, you got Patrick Moore in looks there, crazy. You got Justin Rodriguez. You got like a lot of guys that are just that aren't slouches. So right? think of it like this: Imagine the person I feel the worst for is Steve, <laughs> because <laughs> he has to legitimately say, "Well, Andrew Jack six one two ninety something." Sean Clarita's this size, Kamal's this size, Nick's this size. Every one of these bodies are completely different. How do you judge it? I'm glad I'm not the one. I'll just sit back and watch it unfold. But imagine how difficult that is to judge it because this is as where's, apple as where's, oranges. Where's Clarita and Kamal going to fall? That's the I question. I just think, man. just imagine, I just want to see Clarita stand between you know Samson what, you know, and Andrew. You know what's funny, though, is, is like this whole 212, you know, crossover thing. Yeah. It's very interesting to me because I think these guys have more experience in tuning their bodies in than the open guys. Of course. Because they had to reach that, there's a plateau, right? Yeah. And when you have that plateau, you know, okay, I can't push over a certain amount. Now, granted, I'm sure a Kamal or Clarita's 
maybe they're going to be bigger than what their weight cap was, right, at yeah. these other contests. But Clarita's won't, but Kamal's will. Of course. Well, yeah. no, Clarita may compete five pounds bigger. No, he could, but he's he's, he's way under the weight cap. Because so. he's probably going to look at, okay, I'm competing with some bigger guys. Do I want to be ripped down and shredded, or do I want to be fuller and shredded? Because yeah. he can do a little of both, yeah. right? He doesn't have to over-deplete himself to he doesn't even challenge yeah. because he knows everyone around him is super lean and shredded, yeah. where some of these guys, you know, the, the bigger guys are fuller and rounder, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a tricky thing, but it's a good way to him to practice his body. But they all have a a cap where they'll push themselves too. But are we going to see the 212 start to dominate the open class. That's so the question. The question is, bon Bonnick was a prime example. Hottie was 212. Yeah, like, like, are we gonna, going to see a shift now where people people always have this thing, like the big guys are done. And then a big guy like Arami comes along and wins the Olympia. You know, when Sean Roden years prior was like. And, do you think, and, do you think and they should get rid of 212? Uh, you know what? You're going to get some stars in there. I know, like, Flex Lewis, like, kind of obviously led that division. Hottie pulled out. Like, he could have been a superstar in that division. But, and Derek, you know, decided to go to open, which was a, f a fabulous So the reason I asked that is the only person that I've seen that really would could would normally stay there would be Clarita. Yeah. Because he competes at 190. I, I, I still, I cap. still, no, I think that, I think it's like saying, you know, you should get rid of physique versus figure with women's side or, you know, wellness but now it's, in it's bikini. It's the same thing. They're just smaller. The same yeah, criteria. Yeah, I just, I think that everyone has their place. I mean, we talk about men's physique because, you know, with those guys, like they have, there's a division for everyone, whether it's classic men's physique, no, bodybuilding. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is is there a legit argument to have this division when these guys like a, a, a men's physique guy can't go compete in the open? They'll get no, destroyed. No, but but a two twelve guy can. Yeah, I think I think it gives like there's people that are going to use it as a stepping stone. Like it's yeah. built, it's molding the superstars. You know, it's kind of yeah. like going up in the amateurs mm -hmm. and then moving up into the pro ranks. Like we, it's a it's maybe a stepping stone for some guys, but it may be a home for everyone. Like a Flex Lewis who won seven times. Yeah. Like, Flex, why didn't he go to open after his fourth or fifth victory? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then he, when he did announce he was going to go, it, it just never transpired, right? Yeah. Where it was like Hottie just was two, doing 212. Hottie never did any, 212 at the Olympia. Yes, but he went right to an open show, and he fared well. He won, or he got second, or... He won, yeah, he won, and then he went... He gets second to Olympia. Cedric. No, who, who in Vancouver, what did he... Did he win in Vancouver, or do you remember? No, he won, he won Vancouver. That's where okay, he qualified. Okay, okay. He did the San Marino show years ago. And he lost to... He lost to Cedric, but he beat Brandon. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he got second, and that was in San Marino. But his first Olympia... He could do open or two. I mean, Jose Raymond jumped out of the division and placed at the uh, so Legions guy, one year. I competed in Australia yeah. when we were there. So I mean, it's just I think it's I I think the division still has its place. I I would yeah. never. One thing for me, speaking as a bodybuilder, like I try to keep it fair, and I'm, that's one thing. I'm a promoter, and I work w within the organization, but I'll always speak like with the athlete mindset. Okay, how how would I accept this? If I was competitive today, right? I I, th I mean, it's like the contracts, bro. I think that like you owning a supplement brand and you know, comp like having a company without energy or whatever that. Like, if I had an athlete under sports nutrition brand and 
you know, there was an outside deal, just like in my muscle tech contract, I, I actually had in there that if Gatorade approached me to do, you know, Gatorade, I would have had that opportunity and I had left that open. But at the same time, like, I just, I have to think about the athletes as much as I think about like the business side too. Yeah. Because what's fair is fair, right? No, I get it. No, it is. I, I see, I see the, I see certain people will stay in there, but I do think that a lot of the stars in 212, if they're hovering around that, eventually they're going to say, well, wait a minute here. We got to get stupid peeled in our division. And that at the upper level is lacking in a lot of shows. So let's take this crazy conditioning and we can add five or six or seven and, pounds. And come in and, and beat because people. Because one thing, one thing that I used to always say, it would kind of annoy me, like, like, Let's take Flex Lewis, Flex Lewis, for example. He would go to a, like the press conference. What are you going to do this year different? And they'd ask him this seriously. And I think to myself, he was 211, 210.9 <laughs> last year. What the hell do you think differences he made? He can't, yeah, yeah. He's, he's capped out. There's only so much he can do. He's going to do what he did last year and he's going to win. So I think now there's a lot of guys that are saying, you know what? I can gain that 10 pounds and I can be competitive at 225 to where. And where they could be competitive, where years before maybe they didn't think they could be. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a contest. But you know, we talk about the the top shows, and you know, we we talked about the New York Pro. So the New York Pro is in May, mm-hmm. and I know coming up in the ranks, like you, you took steps in tiers. But remember, there wasn't a lot of of miscellaneous contests that we have now. Yeah. So like we were very limited. I only looked at the U.S. shows, so it was like okay, Night of Champions or New York Pro. Arnold Classic, Iron Man, like we always talk about this, the few shows that they did have, right? Can- Canada yeah. show had a show. Um, but you had a certain way you could get in. Back then they qualified. You know, now I guess, you know, the points are gone now, correct? Yes. They got rid of points. I don't, I don't know if but you, much, that won't make much of a difference. It won't, yeah. Because it was three people. There's still there's, a lot of there's shows. There's still going to yeah. be 30-plus guys in the show. This but, year, will be a little. it's not 15 But the difference with the away. Arnold is it's an invitational, right? Yes. So – when you have an inv- invitational, like you do limit the competitors. So obviously the, the, you know, your backstage area is going to be a less chaotic for these guys. And, you know, live streams, obviously the way that a lot of these contests are running now, who would have thought 20 years ago, live stream, right? That ideally what I see the opportunity for bodybuilding to reach a worldwide audience is these live streams. Yeah. Because you're only going to fit so many people in the seats, especially after, you know, we had a pandemic. People couldn't travel. The shows, you know, didn't didn't happen. The Arnold still happened, right? Um, twice. Twice, yeah. So, Once with no- so the live streaming was, was proper. So that's why we, we constantly, you know, look at, even with my, some of my shows, like we do live stream, right? So people can actually watch it. The pam- family and friends that maybe are away or you know, living in different places, they can't necessarily attend those shows. So that's where you're going to see a lot of these expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, the a lot of the opportunity is going to become because of the live stream. So obviously we're still working to perfect that. Like, I mean, the budget for the Arnold live stream is just it's crazy. Obscene. Um, I actually was chit-chatting with the guy that runs it today. Yeah, so, so yeah. I know right now, I mean, they're doing early access to, um, you know, sign up through the Arnold Classic website. Um, so I encourage anyone to you go on there and, and uh, you know, we'll be in the house the whole weekend. You know, we do 
we do have a schedule there. Yeah, we we'll, we'll we'll release the schedule out probably oh, two weeks out or something like that. It's still getting. But I always look forward to the show because you know people travel from a very. We always talk about the location and yeah. how it works well for people because they can drive to. There's 40 million people within five hours, yeah. so it's 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 a good spot. You know you know something I always. I've said this a lot of times, and a lot of these young guys or young competitors don't think about this, but I've always felt the road through the Olympia start going through New York and then going through Columbus before you earn that ultimate respect on the Olympia stage. Yeah, well, it's, it's time think, think about Just think about it. What top guy doesn't have a New York pro or a Knight of Champions? Or at least if they didn't win an Arnold, we're really competitive at the only, the only top guy that never won in Ohio that I can think of was Phil, but he still was second. Yes, he got second. But he won the night. He won the. Uh, he won the Arnold New York Pro. He won the New, New York Pro. Pro he yeah, won the yeah. Arnold's Europe. But that Arnold Europe that Phil won had all the Olympia guys. It was yeah. the same caliber. And I remember because you know Arnold walked across. I remember Phil saying, "This was my bucket list to win an award and have you hand it to me." But I've noticed that a lot of the guys, the younger people now, I don't know if they understand that history. Yeah, because you know, they it's, don't it's do funny because you know you look at uh, Ronnie Coleman. Kevin Leverone. They won both. Uh, Flex Wheeler, Chris Cormier. You, Dexter came back he, uh, to win a New York Pro yeah. like three years ago because he said, I don't have that title. You know, Paul, Dillette, mean, Paul Dillette won it back in the eras. Did Dorian Yates win it? Wasn't that his first show? I think he got second, though. Against, uh, I forgot. Aziza? I think so. New York was his first show, first pro yeah. show when he got second. That's when he realized. I'm pretty sure. But, you know, we have a lot of other contests now, and yeah. obviously the international guys, you know. But you have... And not many people know is you have the actual NOC ring. Yeah. And how I don't know. Still sits in the original last, case. What was the last year? The NOC I'm not sure down? what it was, but we don't talk about the NOC because Steve Steve runs that New York Pro now. No, I mean, it's know. it's it's still you know it's the yeah, same yeah. prestigious show. You know, but so used, let's let's talk about uh, you're gonna be 50 soon. So let's talk about this your, fit for a 50 challenge. A lot of people are a little confused about this. Actually, I walked into Elevation that Peter's like, so tell me about this 50 thing. <laughs> and but and, before uh, you say this, I don't know how well it's going because last night you called me and you were getting double doubles yeah, yeah. and well, french no, fries. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the way to getting bigger now, right? So I'm trying to eat my meals. As you see, I have meals. I have trifecta meals sitting in the fridge here back here. So what my goal right now is to eat five portionate meals a day. I'm, I'd like to go to six, okay? Okay. Now, I, I back down the morning cardio, although I did do it this morning, and I did do it yesterday. I did 20 minutes each day. I did a little after the weight session last night. So ideally, I'm trying to build up the body, get some real, um, I guess, a little size, but not really try to put on weight, if that makes sense. I want to get a little fullness. The whole real challenge starts like May, June, because August is the date. So I'm going to treat it like I'm going to start like getting closer to a competition so type. after FIBO, you'll go hard. After FIBO, be, but I'm I'm trying to eat enough. And you know, because of our travel, it's we went to, to Tampa. Eat. It was just really difficult. So yeah. you saw I packed the meals with me when we yeah. flew to Tampa last week. Uh, so I'm just trying not to miss the meals. <clears throat> so I'm being a little more choosy about my travel schedule also because – I want to document this, you know, not only through the media stuff, but it's influencing a lot of people around me, not only because they they may not be turning 50, but I want to prove like, hey, I can still do this. Like age is just a number. But at the same time, like it gives people motivation to say, well, if Jay's doing it, I'll try to do just a portion of it and just get in better shape. And it seems like everyone wants to build up for the summer, right? And get in their best shape possible. So 
I'm trying to just really challenge myself and being the best shape I've been in 10 years, not ever, because we all know, like, what's the peak? What's people's opinions on what my best ever was? Are you right? going to hire a guru? You know, I, I don't know if I would hire someone. I might have someone help me track what I eat because I think if Perfect someone tells me. For that too. I know, but if, if someone tells me, eat this, eat that, which is another thing, the trifecta, we're perfecting the trifecta meals. No yeah, excuse. we have crazy. I have no excuse. So. But we have crazy, um, like, stuff happening with yeah. that, right? So uh, I do need accountability because if I asked you how many days, like, you say, I'm going to get on a better diet, what's, like, you, you know, you know the you hardest might thing good. for me is, and, and I know people would say, I can't believe that I forget to eat when i was younger i brought I you so i brought hungry. you shrimp by the way okay i'll eat it so i when i was younger and i was training like crazy yeah. i could eat i could probably eat damn near as much as you and brian shaw did and now i still think you overeat though i do i do you know? so what i've been doing is now so the new trifecta uh the new trifecta meat comes in four ounce portions yeah it's awesome so now i only eat that so I open up whatever, whether it's chicken, steak, bison, whatever it is, I only do that, and then I do a cup of carbs. But I'm still having a hard time getting all the meals down. You, you, this is the whole thing, okay? So for our viewers and listeners, you have to eat smaller portion meals a day, okay? The three meals a day, the general American living is not the best way to approach it. So ideally, if I look back at all my success over the last 30-plus years, when I went to Chris Aceto, who was my nutrition person early on from 18 forward, you know, I worked with him and Hani in my career. He wrote out a six meal a day plan. Okay. It was meal one through six. I taped it on my refrigerator and I followed that exact order every single day. It was exact tea. So it was like egg whites and oatmeal for breakfast. Meal two is chicken and rice. Meal three was a steak and baked potato. Meal four was another chicken and rice. Meal five, like you know, chicken, like potato and some vegetables. And then meal six was like egg whites. I remember exactly what it was. You know, my mom still actually has the actual grocery list and everything I used to give her. But I followed that religiously. And when I was in my prime of bodybuilding, I never, I focused mainly when I trained for every single Mr. Olympia victory or loss was around seven six or seven meals, okay? The difference with Hani and Chris, Hani liked seven meals, Chris liked, liked six. Was now, it the granted, same calories? Off-season, no, it was... It, Chris was all over the place where Hani was a little more on the consistent basis. We didn't have a lot, as many swing days. He kind of would make some adjustments. But Chris, we worked on a high, low, medium carb day, which means on the low carbs, the protein would go higher. The pat he liked lo very low fats, where Hani liked adding some fats in there, uh, which was a little different for me. So people always ask, "What was the difference between the two? It's hard to say because there was just a few adjustments all the way through. But the most important thing was it was based on six or seven meals, and I would eat every two two hours to two and a half hours. Seemed like when I stretch over two and a half, I get really hungry, and you know, remember I'm running a big body at the time. So ideally, that's how I try to preach to everyone. And anyone I help with a nutrition program, I put them on a five to six meal a day diet. If they eat less than that, I feel you're not going to benefit as much. And if you ask me why, it's the metabolism. And that's yeah. the biggest issue. Like you get up in the morning, you do your fasting. I don't know if you're still doing it, but no. you need to eat portionate smaller meals. No. You can't just gorge yourself with one or two big meals. I've been meals. fasting in the mornings. 
I know, but I was thinking that I was on the on the treadmill this morning, and I was thinking, I wonder if Matt still gets up and does his cardio in the morning, yeah. and you're not doing it in as the much last, now. Probably the last three weeks I have. Are you in a slump right now? You think or no? No, you know what it is. I just I have a lot of work stuff to do, and when I get going on stuff, I don't want to stop. Does bodybuilding people motivate you more or less than they used to? They don't. No, no. Like you used to like look at the books and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when I was younger, because you paid attention to all. Yeah, it. because when you're when you were in the trenches of that. Look, I didn't compete, but you know, I used to train. Do you think, just as heavy as anyone you, else? Why did you get in the gym though? Like, be tell me what. If you look back at the, let's say you trained for twenty years. If why you did look I first at, get in the gym? No, well, I can tell you. Okay, why did you first get in? So when I was sixteen, I was probably. Five foot three, and I was about 120 pounds. And I've always been a smart ass. So, to a certain degree, I was the little guy. And I remember some of the bigger football players used to push me around because I was small. Yeah, yeah. And my sophomore year, at the end of summer, I was at same, at the end of the school year, I was at same height. That summer, my mom ended up moving to northern Wisconsin, and my mom's boyfriend at the time moved to the southern part. And I stayed by myself for two months. And every night I went to bed and I remembered the pain I was in. I didn't know what it was, but I didn't see any my family for two months. In 60 days, I grew to six foot one. And I filled out. My shoulders got wider and whatnot. And when I moved to northern Wisconsin, because I was a knucklehead and got in trouble, and I had to was forced to move to the north. When I moved to northern Wisconsin, I started working at this local, like sea doo four-wheeler place. And I remember washing some of the boats and one of the guys that was there was a bodybuilder and he would say to me he's like man your legs are separated because i was a basketball player mm-hmm. your shoulders are capped and i never worked out in my life so he's like you should come start working out with me and that's what got me going now my mom when i was young she had two bodybuilders that were roommates of ours they actually trained and competed mm-hmm. and my mom was into fitness so i was always around it but that was the first time that i really and your mom's pretty young right my mom's 60 and yeah, 44 yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's when i first got around it and i noticed success immediately mm-hmm. and by the time i was you know i went i was going to go play basketball in college and i snapped my ankle and i started training so from the time i was 18 till i was 20 by the time i was 20 i was 225 and I remember naturally at 20 years old, I could do 315 for 10. Just I just had natural strength. So that's what kind of got me going. And as you start seeing results, you Motivation. want to learn more yeah, and more yeah, and more yeah, and more. And that's what bit it. But the original reason was I wanted to get bigger because I was, was so tiny. So you were like the 98-pound weakling yes. story. No, I was when I was when I was 16. Yeah, course, but yeah. that summer I grew to six foot one and my, my frame filled out. But I was still 160 pounds because I was a basketball player and a high jumper. But I wanted, as I graduated from high school, I started training and that my body grew. Yeah, see, I mean, for me, it's a different. You know, I always tell the story. Like, I of course I picked up books at 12 and I saw Chris Dickerson. I just I saw my mom's my mom's roommates had those. So that was like the 82 Olympia, you know, and I actually. Got so much recognition being a youngster because I was super active and I did the concrete at 11 that I remember, you know, everyone used to say, man, if you actually worked out, your body could be that much better. Because I was rather, I was pretty like lean and muscular. And there was this kid, this kid, Jeff, that worked out 
I wonder if he ever listens to this podcast. And he took me to the Gold's Gym when I was like 15. And he was like 17. He was a senior. I was like a freshman or something. He was in, uh, yeah, he was like, I was a freshman. I think he was a senior. But he took me to like this Gold's Gym in Lemonster, Mass. And I remember he was pretty jacked. I mean, he was natural, whatever. I'm sure like back then I thought everyone was way bigger. Um, and I walked in that gym and I remember seeing all these big guys and like the training regimen. He took me like eight o'clock at night and I was like, man, this is great. And, you know, I just toyed with the weights in high school, but I really just, I just wanted to be bigger because I thought, man, like I get attention now, what's it going to do? Yeah. And then I, got, you know, as I started college, it was like, I had this, this goal in my mind to be a bodybuilder, but the progress was so great. And I felt so good being in the gym. And I felt like this is the only time I ever felt like I had positive direction in my life. Like I was kind of given the task of being a concrete worker for my family. And I didn't really have anything that I was doing for myself. This was for my family, like my brothers, my father, they all pushed me to work in the concrete. So when I, when I found bodybuilding and I played football because my best friend from high school like he coaxed me into like going into football. He's like, you would be a great football player. You should do it. But it really wasn't my passion. So when I found the weights, I'm like, damn, I really like this. Yeah, I like being in the gym. I like getting under the weight. I like feeling strong and I like the progress. And I think that's really for the first time I felt like, okay, I'm achieving something that I love to do. And I think that's really what made the difference for me. And ever since, like, you know, I say this all the time, all the business I've done and, travel and everything else dude i still love the the gym more than anything i just yeah. told someone that like nick walker i told this to i said dude all i like to do is really work out like it's you know i try to want to golf and you know play tennis or do other sports and i'm like you know what because i can do all this stuff now being retired i'm a lot smaller and i'm more agile but at the same time like I man think, I, I find I myself in the gym we need to do like bo knows we need to do jay knows we yeah. need to start having you play ping pong and golf and stuff and film it well, it's kind of funny. We had this, <laughs> we had this, this, um, we'll just talk about it quick before we get out, but we had this network kind of reach out and to do this project. <laughs> yeah. And what did I say? As soon as you brought it up so, to me. So I, so I get this email from a very well-known network Yeah. and they're like, Hey, we want to talk to about Jay about doing this celebrity thing, blah, blah, blah. And you say to me, it's the wrong Jay Cutler. Yeah. Cause this has happened so many times. So I hit him back. I'm like, you sure this is the right Jay Cutler? They're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I finally get on a call with him today and three minutes into the call, she's like, Oh man, I'm such a, you know, this network here. We're such a huge fan of football. And I'm going, Oh no, here we go. Here we go again. So I am like right in the middle. I said, Hey, I don't mean to cut you off, but you have the right Jay Cutler. And she's like, <laughs> I said, you know, there's two, right? And she got real quiet. And she's like, the football player said, wrong one. <laughs> I said this. Remember when you called yeah. me and you said, yeah. you know, you spilled out a little bit of the details and you were like, this is a really great opportunity. And I'm yeah, like, and I was like, you know, it's kind of funny. And you must kind of think in your head because like in our, in our world, like my name is big, right? Yeah. And whenever you throw a large opportunity i always question right yeah. you call me the voice of doom you because, are you're the voice of doom you know that's my logic man because <laughs> i think it's just like when i trained for olympia is like i prepared for the victory and the loss yeah and then there was like a, a super in between like i'm thinking loss like second well what happens if i get fifth or tenth you know or I'm i don't gonna, make I'm it gonna to the take show this part and i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, note so, this and i'm gonna email it to them so, so <laughs> So I always have like this, this, 
very positive, Jay. And but the the voice. Okay, of I'd, I've got to be prepared for f- like yeah. failure or or defeat or or uh, disappointment, right? Yeah. So I always have that weighed out. So I know that must drive you crazy sometimes because you're like, it's okay, dude. Stop. Like, yeah. you just fuck, take it as it is because he, I'm like, you'll be like, yeah, man, I got this trip. And I'm like, we're not going there. Stop <laughs> lying. Like, it ain't going to happen. And it happens. Yeah, it, and then every time. It so always happens. Always every happens, time you're like, yes. I can't believe you pulled yeah, that but off. I, but I said, <laughs> I say, I say, if I say it's not going to happen, it usually happens. Yeah. So, so say- now I say, you're full of shit. <laughs> you know, make sure you bleep that, by the way, because we'll get. I think we're allowed two cuss words. Okay. <laughs> I was watching Dave Palumbo's show and they started cursing last night. Yeah. And he's like, "Stop swearing! Stop swearing!" You know. I know because one of our vi- one of our biggest videos got yeah. demonetized recently yeah. because there was too many. Yeah. I'm like, it wasn't even that many. Well, you got to go in and edit the swears. I guess well, you can't huh? go back and oh, edit. It's been up for yeah, a month. Yeah, yeah. You know. But no, that that uh, I'm gonna take this point and I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna note that and I'm gonna email it to this network and I'm gonna say, hey, here's the real one. I actually said to him, I said, well, if you want the more famous Jay, we can still talk. <laughs> but I, I still spoke to him for like 15 minutes because they have a lot Always of other opportunity. It's yeah. the biggest network out there, and they they have a lot of other things that they're they're working on. So I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll make something happen. Yeah, so we'll have an update. Um, we're gonna head to New York this weekend, guys. Uh, we do have a very special. Um, podcast launching next week yep and then of course we're going to build do our build up for the arnold we got to get milos back on as we get a yep. little closer get a little insight on uh what's happening with his yeah with his uh yeah like i Samson. said like i was talking about earlier i don't remember i can't remember a show that i've ever like looked at that has this many variables and one of the other things too i was i was thinking about this last night you know people I never make predictions. Like, I'll say, like on paper, this should happen, no, or predictions or this is what yeah. the well, this is what I think the judges, judges will make. Choose, yeah. But I never personally make mm-hmm. one because there are a million variables that can go wrong, and we know this. Every person would have said Rami's going to win. He was off a little bit, and he didn't. But why was he off? It could have been this, 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 this. No matter what, you can have this this lineup, and you could say Nick's going to win or Andrew's going to win. There's a million variables that can happen the night before. You could have a crazy neighbor in your hotel room that's banging on the on the of on course, the wall, yeah. and it could keep you up, and it could affect you. You could have something happen in your family. You could have a relationship issue. You could have a financial issue. You could you could eat something wrong mm-hmm. and get diarrhea. You, there's a there's so many things that could go wrong that even the best person could be off a little bit, and something could go right for a guy, and he could well, come. That's and what you. the contests are about. That's you know? why I love this show because. Even though Nick is the person that is the front runner, but there's a lot of guys that are right one step yeah, back course, yeah. that could beat him. Yeah, that in a year, in a year or two, maybe. You know, in and, different and you'll positions. hear people say, "Well, so and so's they're more consistent." You mm-hmm. can be consistent every time. All it takes is one time to be off, just once. So it's exciting that this show has so many variables. We'll have a lot of build up to it, and I want to shout out to Celsius because. We always get surprises, and this is a flavor of this uh, Fuji apple pear. I have not tried. This is the first time, and I'm actually going to try it on air, but I want to shout out to uh, Celsius, our partner. This looks like, like a marketing commercial right here. I know, but I haven't tried this yet. <laughs> wow, this is actually really good. I've been drinking the grape and the cola. I'm waiting for them to ship me the you cola. See, you see, so in the meantime- and You see Derek Farnsworth Derek Farn- yeah, tagged us. Yeah, he goes, yeah. Oh, I finally found the cola. 
<laughs> shout out he to Derek it. Fines. Where do you find it? In San I don't Diego know. Somewhere. He tagged us. Oh, this said is I really good, though. So shout out to uh, Fuji Apple Pear. Shout out yeah. to uh, Celsius. But we'll uh, we'll be back for uh, another We're rundown a one next yes. week, and then the week after. The week after, we'll do one earlier in the week because Regan and I head the week after to uh, Korea. Okay. So and that we'll have some. Hopefully, we but don't we have appreciate some. all the comments, guys. You want to put some insight? Why you started training? I know we both got into that a little bit. I don't know if we talked about that in episodes. We want to thank you guys. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow, and uh, more importantly. Keep following the next edition of our Cutler Cast. We are out.